who are you? This has been a series that's ministered to my life. It's ministered to my staff. I heard my staff say, Pastor, this has been good for me. It's been good for my family as well. And this morning, I, I want to preach a message that I believe will help your life out, whether you've been a Christian for many years or you're a new believer. This message is going to help your life this morning. I, I want to conclude message number five. Uh, my title is simply, Who Are You? And this morning, I don't have time to cover every aspect of who we are in Jesus Christ, but I want to, I do want to talk about some very important aspects of the Christian faith and who we are. It's important that you understand who you are in Jesus Christ. Let's just dive right into it this morning again. Discover some things about who we are in Jesus Christ. Point number one, if you're following along with me in your bulletin, point one is this. Who are you? You are born again. You are born again. There are many new Christians and even those who have been to the faith a number of years who don't fully understand all that it means to be born again. There are many people that understand one aspect or maybe two aspects of what it means to be born again. But this morning, I want you to understand fully about, about what it means to be born again. So I'm going to spend a few moments explaining to you about the born again experience. Now, those of you that have been Christians a long time, don't tune me out because I believe I'm going to say some things that will help your walk with God out as well. So let me give you four truths about the born again experience. Who are we? We are born again. Four truths about the born again experience. Point number one, the first truth about the born again experience is this. You have eternal life in heaven when you're born again. You have eternal life in heaven. Now, please notice that I said in heaven. It's very important that you understand that everybody, every human being has eternal life. Every human being is going to live for eternity. But understand this, those, not everybody is going to spend eternity in heaven. Only those that are born again, only those that are saved. But those who are not born again, those who are not saved, the Bible very clearly says, they're going to spend eternity in a place called hell. But we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. But if you're born again, you're going to have eternal life in heaven. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. John chapter 3 and verse 16 through 17. Some of you are new Christians here. You have given your heart to Christ. We had 18 people born again, saved last week. And you need to understand that your eternity has been secured in heaven. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish notice this but have eternal life that's talking about in heaven when you're saved when you're born again you're going to have eternal life now in heaven the Bible says verse 17 for God did not send his son talking about Jesus into the world to condemn the world but to save save the world from what from hell save the world from spending eternity in damnation away from God God came Jesus came to save the world through him and so now people will have eternal life in heaven when they're born again. John chapter 5 verse 22 says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. You're born again and you're going to spend eternity in heaven and will not be condemned. He crossed over from death to life. So the first truth about the born again experience is this. You're going to spend eternity in heaven. Let me give you a second truth about the born again experience. And that is this. Your sins are forgiven. 
Now, this is very important that you understand this. Your sins are forgiven when you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Now, uh, so, some of you are, are newly saved, and you, you may think, you know, I gave my life to Jesus last week. I better do it again this week, you know, uh, because you can remember your past life. You can remember the sins you committed a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. But it's, it's important that you understand when you're born again, when you're saved, your sins have been forgiven. God, God does not count your sins against you anymore. You may still remember them, but you don't have to come and, and get saved and, and God forgive your past sins again. They have been forgiven. The Bible says it like this, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 25. The Bible says, I, even I, I am he who blots out your transgressions. That's what God does when he forgives our sins, when we become born again for my own sake. Now, notice this. This is very key. And remembers your sins no more. So you come to church. You got saved last week. You got saved a month ago. You got saved three months ago. And you can still remember what you did last year. You can still remember what you did two years ago. And, and sometimes you may try to live under guilt over what you did. But you need to understand God doesn't see it anymore. God has forgotten. You try to bring it back up to God. God says, what are you talking about? You're forgiven. You, you've been covered. Your sins are washed away. And that's important that you understand that God has blotted out your transgressions. You are born again. Let me give you a few more scriptures there. You say, Pastor, that's too unbelievable for me to believe now. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 11 through 12, no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Notice verse 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That's what happens when you're born again. Everybody shout, you're co I'm, I'm covered. You see, when you're saved, Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. You give your heart to Jesus Christ. You give your life to Jesus. He washes everything away. You're covered by the blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And Christ shed his blood. And when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, he washes your sins away. Man, that's good news, isn't it? Amen. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 103, verse 12, I want to help some folks out. You're born again. You just got saved last week. You just got saved a month ago. Pastor, what does this born again experience mean? Well, your sins are forgiven. Psalms chapter 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You say, well, now, Pastor, will he ever bring it back up again? No. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that's very important. That, that terminology the psalmist is using is very key because... The east never meets the west. And God has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. They never touch. God has forgotten your sins. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 through 7 says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one, who, who, one he loves, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. I mean, when we get saved, when we become born again, our sins are forgiven in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And I know some of you are thinking right now, your, your wills 
are turning and you say, now, Pastor, what if I sin after I'm born again? What if I blow it after I'm born again? You just said when I give my heart and life to Jesus Christ, all of my past, all of my past sins have been washed away. What if I blow it? What if I sin after I'm born again? Well, the Bible addresses this in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9. When John the Revelator, when John was writing to, uh, to, to Christians, he writes, if we confess our sins, talking about Christians, you blow it, you mess up after you are saved. The Bible says, listen, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. In other words, God's not wishy-washy. God didn't say, I might forgive you. No, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is not true for the unbeliever. If you're not born again, if you're not saved, if you're not regenerated, you can't just mess up and say, God, forgive me. No, this is for the Christian. I mean, you got to be born again to have this benefit to say, God, I've blown it. I've messed up. I've sinned. Will you forgive me? And God says, listen, I'm faithful and I'm just and I'll forgive you and purify you from all unrighteousness. How many know that's good news? Amen. That is good news. Amen. Matter of fact, he said, I was going to read this scripture, but it didn't. He says, man, we have an advocate with the Father. Over in 1 John chapter 2, he says, man, we got an advocate with the Father. You blow it. You little one sin. Man, you got, you got an advocate with the Father, man. Somebody that'll forgive you and wash away your sins. Point number three, let me move on because I want to help you discover who you are in Jesus Christ. Now, the fourth truth about the born again experience is this. Because your sins are forgiven, you are righteous. Don't miss this. Because your sins are forgiven, you are righteous. When you get saved, when you are born again, you are not a filthy, dirty, nasty, stinky. Now, when we woke up, we say stanky. Amen. Stanky sinner. I mean, when you're born again, you are covered. Your sins have been washed away, and now you are righteous. You say, no, pastor, you don't understand. I'm just a dirty, filthy sinner. No, you're not. You need to understand. You've been washed by the blood. God doesn't see you as dirty, filthy, nasty, stinky sinner. No, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are born again. Your sins have been washed away. You have to see yourself in a different way. You are not a nasty, dirty person. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. Your sins have been covered. You say, well, now, Pastor, can you give me a few scriptures on that? You can count on it. Amen. Let's look in the Word of God. Let's look, let's look at what God's Word says. Man, we are righteous now because God has forgiven our sins. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. The Bible says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, that's what happens when we get saved. When we're born again, God forgives our sins. He washes away all of our sins, and now we're righteous. You see, we struggle with this because we can remember what we did two years ago. And we struggle with this because we remember what we did a year ago. But God doesn't. He has washed it away. It's covered by His blood. I mean, your sins have been washed as white as snow. And now you're righteous in God. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 through 22. He says, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, because this is not from us. 
I mean, this is because of God and the price that Jesus paid. Apart from the law, he has made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Notice verse 22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. I mean, this righteousness that we receive is from God through faith in Jesus. I mean, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, our sins have been washed away. God remembers them no more. And now we are righteous. In God. No, 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 Pastor. Now, I remember what I did last year. I'm a nasty, filthy, dirty. No, you're not. You're forgiven. Your sins have been washed. They've been covered by the blood. And now you are righteous in the Lord. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 10. The Bible says, but if Christ is in you, and how many of you know when you're born again, Christ comes to live inside of you by the person of the Holy Spirit. I'll talk about that in just a moment. He says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. You see, when you get saved, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, and now you are declared righteous because your sins have been forgiven. Listen to Romans chapter 10. I mean, the Bible is just full of the price that Jesus paid and what happens to us when we give our life to Jesus. Romans chapter 10 and verse 4, the Bible says, Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Because when we give our life to Jesus Christ, when we believe, when we're born again, we become righteous in the sight of God. We are now righteous people. Our sins have been forgiven. I want to close this one point out by doing this with you. I want you to notice, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures and I want you to see this for yourself how the Bible addresses Christians. Notice this. How the Bible addresses Christians. You see this for yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. The Bible says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, the question, the dilemma that we must figure out is, who is righteousness and who is wickedness? Well, don't be yoked with unbelievers. Well, the wicked person is the unbeliever, the person that is not born again. And the Bible calls us as believers, us as Christians, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? The Bible says we're also light and not darkness. The Bible addresses you as righteous. You're forgiven. God does not remember your sins anymore. They've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Notice 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. I want you to see how the Bible addresses us. The Bible says, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new, new heaven and a new earth, the home of, the, uh, the home of righteousness. The home of righteousness. How do we enter heaven? Who are the righteous folks that get to go to heaven? Surely not the wicked. It is the person that's born again. How do we become righteous to enter heaven? Our sins are forgiven. You know, we live in such a work society. How many of you know that? And it's just hard for us to receive grace and mercy. But friends, if you're going to make it to that new heaven and new earth, that home of the righteous, it's because you've been saved. You're born again. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And you're no longer a dirty, filthy, nasty, stanky sinner. You're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. Praise the Lord. Point number four, I want you to see the fourth truth about the born-again experience, and that is this. You are a new creation. Please don't miss this. 
you are a new creation. Many people know when they accept Christ as their personal Savior that they, that they are saved. That there are even many who know that their sins are forgiven and that they're on their way to heaven. But many, many people don't realize that, the born again, that, that, that when they are born again, when they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they are now a new creation. You are a new person now. Please understand this. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, on the outside you still look the same. But on the inside, you're all different. Don't miss this. On the outside, you still look the same. But on the inside, you are a new creation. You are a new person. You are now born again. Listen to what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You see, oftentimes what we think is that we're forgiven, and that's it. But you're not just forgiven when you're saved. You're a new creation. The Spirit of God's come to live inside of you. If you're a new Christian, you need to know that when you got saved, you have been born again. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 18, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice verse 17 again. If anyone is in Christ, they have given their life to Christ. They are born again. They are saved. The Bible says he is a new creation. Paul addresses this issue again with the church at, 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 the church at Galatia. He says in chapter 6 and verse 15, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Here's the question we must ask ourselves. How in the world do we become a new creation? That really doesn't make sense to me, Pastor, my natural mind. Well, Jesus addresses this very clearly. He talks about this born-again experience, this new creation experience, how it takes place. John chapter 3 Verse 1 through 7. Please notice these portion of scriptures. The Bible says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the, perform the miracles, uh, miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus, Jesus declared, I'll tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And Nicodemus are, is, is, like, are, is like many Christians or many new believers. The question Nicodemus posed to Jesus is this, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. How in the world is somebody born again? If I'm already born, if I'm already 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, how in the world can I become a new creation? He says, surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's what happened when you were born from your mother. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But notice this, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again because spirit gives birth to spirit. Understand this. You need to grasp this. When you are saved, when you are born again, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, God himself comes to live inside of you through the person of the Holy Spirit. You have been regenerated. You are a new creation because the spirit of God is living inside of you. And now that you can, you can live a new life, in Jesus Christ. You're not the same person. You're a different person because God's Spirit is living inside of you. 
Peter says it like this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Church, understand something. You're not, you're not just forgiven and you're the same person, but you are a forgiven new creation. You are born again. You're a different person because the Spirit of God is living inside of you we just covered four truths about the born again experience let me go to point number two who are you we're still addressing the subject of who are you the second thing you need to understand is that you are a child of god you are a child of god first john chapter 3 verse 1 through 2 says how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of god and that is what we are. If you're born again, if you're saved, you are a child of God. The reason the world does not know us is that they that, that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. Somebody shout, I'm a child of God. We are children of God, and what will be what what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he lives. I, I want to change somebody's thinking this morning. You're not you're no longer a child of the devil. You're no longer a child of the world. When you are born again, you are now one of God's kids. You are now a child of the King. I, I tell you, it's one thing to be born into my family or your family. You know, little Kel is now Cooper and Tiff and I are planning on having more kids. They'll be born into the Cooper family. And there are some benefits being, to being born into the Cooper family. I'm going to clothe Kel and provide for Kel and, and feed Kel. There, there are some benefits. But I tell you what, those benefits don't compare to anything when you look at the benefits of being a child of God. I'm telling you, friends, there are some incredible benefits of being one of his kids, of being a child of God. If you're not saved this morning, if you're not born again this morning, I want to let you in on something. You're missing out on some incredible, incredible benefits of being one of his kids. This morning, if you're a Christian, you're a child of, you're born again and you didn't realize that you're a child of God, you may not even realize that there are many benefits to being a child of God. And this morning, there's no way I have time to cover all the benefits. That's why you got to read your Bible, get in the Word, to cover all the benefits of being a child of God. But I just want to show you some of the benefits, just, just 11 or so of the benefits of being a child of God. I want you to realize there are great, great benefits to being one of God's kids. Let's look at a few of these benefits. They're not, they're not going to pop up on the screen. The Scriptures will, but you can jot these down. One of the benefits of being a child of God, because that's who we are. We're children of God when we're born again. One of the benefits is that our prayers are being heard and answered. And that's a benefit. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. The Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, because that's who we are. Notice what the Bible says when we're born again, when we're saved. On the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer friends when we're saved and we're living for the Lord and we're honoring God with our lifestyle when we're born again the Bible says notice that that God is attentive to our prayers I mean he's listening he has an ear and he wants to hear our prayers he wants to answer our prayers now sometimes God didn't answer our prayers like we like him to but he's listening 
hears ears or attentive and he answers our prayers. Now notice what the end of this verse says, because I want you to see, if you're not a child of God, you say, well, I pray all the time. If you're not born again, notice what the Bible says. If your life is not being lived out for Jesus, the Bible says, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. He's not attentive to their prayers. You're missing out on incredible benefits. Not being a child of God. I want you to notice the second benefit of being a child of God. That's who you are if you're a Christian. The Bible lets us know that angels are serving us. Angels are looking out for us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 14, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Please notice the end of that verse. Who will inherit salvation? The angels of God are not looking out for the sinner. It's looking out for the Christian, for those who are born again, for those who are going to spend eternity in heaven, for those who are going to inherit salvation. I mean, the angels of God are ministering. They're serving. They're protecting. They're looking out for us. You got an angel looking out for you. The angels of God, I mean, benefits of being a child of God if you're lost. The Bible lets us know this is for those who inherit salvation. You don't have the incredible benefit of having angels serve you. The Bible says, lets us know a third benefit, and that is this. God will fight our battles. If you're a Christian, if you're born again, I'm just trying to help you understand there are incredible benefits to being a child of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome. He was not writing to every person at Rome. He was specifically writing this letter to the church at Rome. And he says, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. I love verse 18. I try to live by verse 18. If, it's, it, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. When you're in a battle and you want to get even, somebody does you wrong and you want to retaliate. As a child of God, don't do that. You leave room for God's wrath. You leave room for God's vengeance. Because as a child of God, one of the benefits is God will fight your battles for you. That's a benefit of being a child of God. I want you to notice the fourth benefit of being a child of God, and that is this. We are led by the Spirit. I probably should have had those pop up on the screen, but I didn't. You'd have had a bulletin as long as daylight if I'd had all those points on there. We are led by the Spirit. Church, understand this. As a child of God, you can make decisions led by the Holy Spirit. Led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So I can read it like this. Those who are not led by the Spirit of God, fill in the blank. <laughs> because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Isn't that incredible that God's inside of us? And we can make decisions led by the Holy Spirit. We're not left on our own. We're not left on our own rationale and thinking. But we are led by the Spirit of God. I want you to see a fifth benefit, and that is this. God is directing our life as a child of God. Friends, your life is not an accident. God is ordering your steps. 
Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 says, The steps of the good man are ordered of the Lord, of the righteous man that would be are ordered of the Lord. And he delights in his way. I mean, when you are living for Jesus, your life belongs to the Lord. You can know that God is ordering your steps. It's not an accident that Tiffany and I showed up to Oklahoma City to plant a church. That was in the leading of God. That was God ordering our steps. You're not at people's church by accident. I know some of you think you are. You're not here by accident. God ordered your step. God directed your life to be. I mean, when you are a child of God, God orders your steps. I want you to see a sixth benefit, and that is this. God will supply all our needs. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This promise is for the giving Christian, for the born-again person, not for a lost person. I want you to see a seventh promise. God works all things for our good. You need to know that as a child of God. God works all things for our good. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. I mean, you love Jesus. You're born again. You're saved. It says, who have been called according to his purpose. The Bible does not say all things are good, but God will work all things for our good. That's good news as a child of God. You need to know an eighth thing, and that is this. We have victory over sin as a child of God. We have victory over sin. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. If you'll live by the Spirit, if you'll feed the Spirit, man, if you'll stay in God's Word, if you'll stay in church and prayer, get plugged in community groups, hang around other Christians. The Bible says, if you'll live by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You have victory over sin. I want you to see a, a ninth benefit, and that is this. As a child of God, we have power over the devil. We have power over the enemy. The Bible says this, James chapter 4 and verse 7, submit yourself to God. If you live a life submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have power to resist the enemy when your life is submitted to Jesus Christ. I mean, you have authority and power over the enemy. I want you to see a tenth benefit. I mean, I could keep going and going and going, but I want to give you two more. As a child of God, we have the privilege to live in a peace that doesn't make sense. We have, a, we, have, we have an opportunity. We have the privilege to live in a peace that doesn't make any sense. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, when the world is flipping out, I mean, things are going chaotic and they're crazy. They have no peace. They're just losing their mind. The Bible says that as a born-again person, as a child of God, we can present our request to God and live in a peace that transcends all understanding. I mean a crazy peace, a peace that doesn't make any sense at all. We can live like that as a child of God. But I want you to see 11th privilege before I move to point three and close, and that is this. We are privileged to live in the joy of the Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. As a Christian, we can live in the joy of the Lord. The Bible says in his presence it's fullness of joy. It's how the psalmist said it. I mean, the world, they're always mumbling, grumbling, don't have any joy. But you and I as Christians, we can live in the joy of the Lord. Let me close, because I want to close on point number three. Let me close. Who are you? Let me give you this before I close. Who are you? Point three is this. You are more than a conqueror. Amen. 
You are more than a conqueror. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm telling you, every time I need a shot in the arm, I open up Romans chapter 8. I mean, I mean, Paul encourages your heart. He says, man, we know that we are more than a conqueror. Some of you walking around the Mulligrellis, I'm defeated. I'm a loser. But you know what God says about us? Man, we're more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. When a tough situation comes around in life, man, you know I'm more than a conqueror. God, I, I can't overcome this thing. I mean, I, I'm not going to get defeated and beat down you know, I'm more than a I mean if you look at the Apostle Paul who wrote this who went through so many tribulations so many hardships so many trials and after all he went through he still said listen I'm more than a conqueror through Christ and friends you didn't know that this morning I hope that changes your thinking you are more than a conqueror Tiffany and I we face some tough things we face some challenges but we know as Paul said we're more than a conqueror if God be for us who in the world can be against us? Isaiah said it like this, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. You are more than a conqueror. Don't throw your marriage away. You're more than a conqueror. Don't walk out on your family. You're more than a conqueror. Don't give up on your job. You're more than a conqueror. You're ready to walk out on life. You're ready to commit suicide. You're, the devil's getting up. You're more than a conqueror. Pastor, you don't understand all the battles I'm fighting. You don't understand who's, who's against me. You don't understand the whole world's turned against me. If God be for you. If God be for you. That, that's what you need to settle. Is God for you? Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Lord, I love you. I praise you, Lord. I, I tried my best, Lord, to hear from you and just to try to shed light on all the promises that are in the Word of God. There are so many, Lord, it would take me Lord, probably a 40-week series to cover all who we are.